Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode 64 of Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura Diaz. I am so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I hope you're having a super great week so far on the tail end of Memorial Day weekend. I hope everyone had a really good one if you are in America and we're celebrating. And I'm excited about today's episode because before we get into it, I have a couple of housekeeping type announcements. So right now we have a giveaway going on for a set of nine reusable produce bags, a whole bunch of different sizes, and all you have to do is rate and review the podcast. So if you are on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, the app, so this is available to anyone who can download the iTunes app, either on your phone or on your computer, and leaving a rating and a review is really, really easy. You can do it while you are listening to this. If you're in the Apple Podcasts app, all you do is scroll to the bottom, and there's a place for stars and written reviews. So all you have to do to enter this giveaway is actually just leave a rating or review and then send in a screenshot. You can do it via DM at EcoChicPodcast on Instagram, or you can send it in via email. Hello at LauraEDiaz.com, and Diaz is D-I-E-Z. And I'll have that in the show notes below if you want to refer back to it. But it's really, really easy if you want to go ahead and send in a screenshot. You don't have to follow the podcast page. You don't have to tag a friend if you don't want to. Ratings and reviews are super helpful because they help me figure out like what matters to you and what you want to see more of or what you want to like listen to. And reusable produce bags are like the absolute easiest way to start cutting down on your plastic consumption, especially in the grocery store. So I thought that this would be a really great way to get everyone involved and kind of help someone begin their low impact, low waste journey. So a giveaway is going on and I'll have all the details in the show notes. And then also following up with that, we have new stickers. They are actually the same stickers, but I just reordered them. But stickers are back. So I'm going to go ahead and share that on Instagram when they have been delivered. I'll have a little question where you can go ahead and put in your address and then I will send you a couple of Eco Chic podcast stickers. They're totally free and I'm just going to send them in the regular mail. So look out for that and that should be available in the next couple of days for everybody because a lot of people have been reaching out about stickers lately and I love giving them away. So I want to make sure that everyone is kind of like just on the lookout a little bit for that story. So FYI, I will go ahead and be sending out a whole new batch of stickers I'm really excited about today's episode because we are talking about lab-grown diamonds. So the lab-grown diamond industry has grown pretty significantly in the last few years, and I have received quite a few questions or people have tagged me on things on Instagram about lab-grown diamonds, and it's like, what do you know about this and how can we talk about this more? And I think that lab-grown diamonds are a really interesting concept for science technology and just how we are able to kind of supplement our natural resources with science. So this is a really interesting conversation because we are talking about conflict primarily. So before we get into our conversation, let's just set the scene. What is a diamond? A diamond is quite literally just compressed carbon. So it is the solid form of carbon, and that's why they are mined, because it takes so much pressure and time for a diamond to truly form. So that's what diamond mining really is. It's taking compressed forms of carbon out of a mine, out of the earth, and that's why it's considered a natural resource. So when we talk about blood diamonds, what does that mean? So if you've heard that term thrown around, a conflict diamond or a blood diamond, that's a diamond that has been mined in a war zone. So that's a community that has been completely consumed with the diamond mining industry. A lot of the time, the people are not seeing the financial benefits of diamonds. So these are stones that are being sold all around the world for thousands of dollars. And the people that are forced into mining them, a lot of the time it is enslavement. And these communities are really just distraught in civil war. And there's so much 
adverse societal effects on these communities. And it's really interesting to think that most of the diamonds that we have in the world are conflict diamonds. They are blood diamonds, diamonds that people have literally died for so that you can have a really nice wedding band. So I thought that this was a really cool conversation because it's insightful. It's an issue that we do not think about very often. And it's an issue that is really thinking about what we are pulling from the earth and how we are further impacting so many other things. So whether it is the pollution that's associated with it, we are thinking about groundwater, we are thinking about things like air pollution, and then also the general littering that goes along with mining communities. So this is not necessarily just issues that are associated with diamond mining, but mining in general is a very dirty practice. So there are a lot of very adverse effects on the environment. But the issue with lab-grown diamonds, today's conversation primarily focuses on those societal impacts. So it's a really cool technology that is truly changing the way that we are thinking about wedding jewelry and precious stones. And we are really opening up the conversation about conscious consumerism, which is something that I'm really passionate about. And I know that y'all really care a whole lot about just what kind of companies are you supporting? What kind of practices are really aligning with your values? And if you are in the market for a diamond, is it important to you that the diamond comes out of the earth? If it is compositionally exactly the same as something you can grow in a lab, is a lab-grown diamond any different to you personally than something that's coming out of the earth and associated with all of this civil war and conflict? So I think that this is a really cool conversation to just start opening up our eyes and just creating this awareness around conflict that we are really kind of feeding into as we continue to think about weddings and just other things that you're associating with diamonds. So we're also educating ourselves a little bit about the diamond industry. What does it mean to have a type one versus a type two and how are diamonds really evaluated and how are you considering the quality of a diamond? So that's a really fun, interesting, like educational component of today's conversation. Today, we're talking with Anamika Anderson of Miadonna and Company, and then she is also the head of the Greener Diamond Foundation, which go really hand in hand. The Miadonna Company is one of the pioneers in the lab-grown diamond industry and just really bringing lab-grown diamonds to consumers. So we do get into that a little bit. And then the Greener Diamond Foundation is the give back portion of the company that really goes into these communities and helps try to lessen a little bit of that generational burden of just groups of people that are constantly being enslaved and forced into this diamond mining industry and just this really dirty practice and how are these communities really being revamped and revitalized and just supported. So we get into that a little bit as well. So with that, I'm really excited to welcome Anamika Anderson to Eco Chic today. I hope you enjoy this conversation and I will talk to you soon. Anamika, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks, Laura. It's wonderful to be on EcoChic. Thanks. Well, before we get started today, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and kind of tell your story a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Anamika Anderson, and I am the founder of Mia Donna and Company and the foundation, The Greener Diamond. Uh, Mia Donna is the rebel of the jewelry industry, and we're putting a modern twist on a very outdated industry. I mean, diamonds are meant to represent love and commitment, um, but unfortunately, the truth is still in 2019, many diamonds are mined under horrific conditions, and that's why we had to pioneer the lab-grown diamond industry, because they just do represent a cleaner, greener, friendlier diamond industry. So Mia Donna specializes in truly conflict-free fine jewelry. We handcraft everything in the USA using lab-grown diamonds and recycled precious metals. But for the purpose of funding our foundation, 
the greener diamonds. So then we can go back into these local communities and we can reinvest into the community so they can live a life free of diamond mining and poverty and just be more self-sustainable. I think that that's a really, really great overview of the issues in the diamond industry in a nutshell. I would love to talk a little bit about a trip that you took to West Africa that really opened up your eyes. I would love to talk about just like how you first became aware of the ethical issues in the diamond industry. Well, actually, as I said, I come into this industry as an activist more than anything else. Um, I helped pioneer the, the lab-grown diamond industry because I knew there had to be a better way of doing things. Um, so it was back in 2005 when I actually discovered personally that I had most likely purchased a conflict diamond. And I was so disappointed in myself because I really thought that I was a very conscious consumer and I was doing a lot of research on the products that I was purchasing. But by buying this diamond, I had unintentionally and unknowingly contributed to hurting a whole generation of children. And so kind of to make things right in my own mind um, and kind of say sorry for what I'd done, I started sponsoring a little child in a diamond mining community. He was seven years old and his name was Ponpon. And that was going to be the extent of my my activism, my philanthropy. Um, it was to sponsor this boy and make sure he has a good life. But the most remarkable thing happened is that we actually developed a relationship with my family and his family. So we would exchange letters continually. Um, and I had I was pregnant at the time and had a one-year-old child, so it was very much in our family. And I will never forget the day he wrote to me and said, I had a great summer because only one of my classmates was killed. And I remember reading that line and I was reading it aloud to my daughter and I had to kind of backtrack a minute and say, hang on, did I just read that correctly? And unfortunately, this is the reality that this child is living in every day, that he he knows that he might not survive the day or he might be taken and enslaved. And I thought, this is ridiculous. As a mother, how can I let this this continue? So that's really where I took it to the next level. It's like, how could I sponsor more children? That was as simple as the business plan for me and Donna was. It's like, how could I sponsor more children? Um, so I thought, let's sell conflict-free fine jewelry to be the sustainable funding source. I think it's a really beautiful idea to start a movement and start your personal activism and just a business plan all around this personal connection that you've created with a child in a mining community. And just being able to hear his story and his perspective really gives you a lot of insight on your own life and your own consumer choices. Correct. I mean, it was amazing to get um, firsthand information. I mean, it wasn't filtered by the media. It wasn't filtered by an adult. It was just raw information from a seven-year-old boy. Um, and, and that's what I needed to, to kickstart this movement. And tell me a little bit about how you got into the idea of lab-grown diamonds. What was that process like to really start this business? Well, back then, in 2005, the um, technology to grow diamonds in a lab was very much in its infancy. We could only grow diamonds to about a quarter of a carat, and they were yellow in color. So that's really where the technology has been for the last century, uh, sorry, the last decade, that we are growing them bigger and we're growing them more colorless. And so actually our diamonds now that we make are better in quality than anything we'll ever get out of the earth. So, so it's absolutely, absolutely amazing, the technology. So that's really, really impressive to think about how science has really surpassed even what we can find in the earth. Tell me a little bit about just maybe like the consumer reception of this. How do you educate people on 
diamonds because I feel like this is an issue that's becoming more and more prevalent. The retail market is changing considerably, not just diamonds. People are pushing for sustainable products uh, to know the origin and transparency. It's like the slow fashion movement or the clean beauty movement. Um, this is also crossing over to diamonds. So, yes, there is a huge education um, part that we've had to um, create, but consumers are really looking for more products that align with their values, and that's why they're coming to Donna. I can't tell you how many times people come to our company and be like, I, you know what, I thought I didn't want a diamond, and it's only because they didn't want to buy into the the outdated earth mine diamond industry, but when they come over to us and see our values and what we represent and how sustainable we are, then they're like, wow, this is exactly what I want. I think that's a great way to look at it as a consumer because it is really daunting to think that something that you are so interested in, like a diamond, like what young girl hasn't thought about the diamond that she's going to receive one day. And it's hard to think that that's something that you kind of look forward to your whole life and you're buying into an industry that you really just can't agree with and you don't want to support. Correct. Correct. We've we've seen seen that a lot. And that's why I created Madonna because there just had to be a better way to do this. And Amika, tell me a little bit about the give back portion of Miadonna and what the Greener Diamond Foundation really stands for. Yeah, well, the Greener Diamond is Miadonna and the Greener Diamond were created together as a system. You can't have one without the other. Miadonna is preventing the new environment, you know, environmental damage from not happening um, because all our di- all our jewelry is either recycled or made in the lab. But then it's a sustainable funding source for our foundation. And so we go back into these diamond mining communities and traditionally we build farms. When I was first starting this project, it was so overwhelming on how I could make the biggest impact. Um, And it wasn't until I had a really great conversation with a BBC reporter. And I kind of asked him, like, where where do I start? And he said, The worst thing that's happened during these decade long, multiple decade long civil wars is that the ground is um, considered illegal to grow food because it's too valuable and natural resources. So not only can they not farm for themselves and grow their own food, but they lose the trade on how to grow food, not passed down um, from generation. And he said the best impact you can make and to make themselves sustainable is being able to teach them how to grow food. So that is really what the Greener Diamond does. We go in and we start farms and we train the locals on how to be sustainable. Um, but we've also helped with uh, emergency relief efforts. I mean, when Ebola hit, it hit West Africa, right in these communities that we're working in. Uh, and between Sierra, Sierra Leone and Liberia, there were 7,000 orphans that were created. So of course we couldn't not help with that. Um, and then we do help with a lot of women mentoring projects. Um, some of the, the most remarkable thing that I've found working in this industry and working in developing countries for nearly 15 years now is that when you invest in a woman, it really has a multiplier effect. Um, and studies show that women not only will be, do better in business, but they're also more likely to invest their profits back into their community. And I've seen that firsthand my work with the Greener Diamond. So I'm really looking forward to doing more women mentoring projects in the future. That is so interesting to think about mentoring women projects as an empowering, really sustainable effort that you can do in a community. I was so interested to learn about the farming aspect because I didn't think about the ground being off limits because of the natural resource value. And I understand that to an extent, you know, if that is their primary economy, 
it makes sense that they're kind of protecting the ground, but it does have a lot of adverse effects. But it's unfortunate on who is controlling the lands because the locals never see the money from it. Um, and, and unfortunately leaves the country the majority of the time. And our first project that I ever did was actually in the Kono district of Sierra Leone. It's still actually one of my most proudest moments because the Kono district is like the bread basket of the world where natural resources are concerned. It has absolutely everything. It's abundant in these natural resources. But that brings a lot of poverty and the fact that they'll always be on the brink of civil war because whoever controls the land controls the wealth that comes with it. And actually, our, our farm is run by a chief, Chief Konondu. And when he was a small boy, he um, and he and all the other children in his village were actually taken by rebel groups. Um, and so he was forced to mine diamonds and um, work with these rebel groups for about a decade. He's very unsure about the exact timeline. Um, but when he escaped, he returned to his family, but found out his whole village had been burnt down and his family had been killed. And so he did a 300-mile journey from the Kono district to Freetown, Sierra Leone, mostly on foot, asking for help for his village. Um, and actually, that's how we got connected. Um, my name was floating around in Liberia, uh, sorry, in Sierra Leone and Liberia, about we wanted to build farms and who can we help. Um, and that's how we got connected for the first farm. So it was absolutely perfect. Um, and I mean, that was nearly 10 years ago and this farm is still thriving and we've helped a whole village with you know, our first project, totally funded by consumers purchasing eco-friendly jewelry at Neodonna. Wow, that is such a powerful story. That's really, really amazing to think about how people can connect with each other when they are in need of just support and how this man was able to find you, your name just floating around and just traveling 300 miles on foot is really, really um, wild to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's not, not, not an easy journey uh, through the jungles of Sierra Leone. Absolutely. And something that you mentioned here, I did read a little bit about in um, the Miadana website. I would love to talk about how the Greener Diamond Foundation is fully funded by consumers and you don't take donations. Correct me if I'm wrong. Why is that the model? Because I didn't, I, I feel like a donation is a handout. Um, and that is what's, pro that's the problem. Um, these people living in diamond mining communities, they're all the other trades have been taken away from them. So they either have to mine for diamonds or they rely on aid, a handout to survive. And that's not sustainable. So I thought if we took donations, that's not a sustainable business model. It has to be a system where can, a social enterprise, so to, to speak, that where just consumers are making this purchase anyway. But if they purchase from this company, then a portion of the proceeds go to actually write a philanthropy project. And so we donate at least 5% of our profits to our foundation. However, in the past three years, I've given up to 25% because we have a lot of goals <laughs> um, and there's a lot of things that we want to accomplish. And so it just takes money. We actually prefer to work per project versus um, an actual percent. So if we don't have enough money, I'm not going to say, oh, we're not going to do this project. We just do the project, whatever the percentage is. I think that's a really powerful, really impressive business model and give back model because I think it makes a lot of sense in the way that you explain it, that it is totally consumer funded. And something else that I really appreciated that you mentioned um, just in and out throughout our conversation is the word sustainable means a lot of different things for Miadonna and for the Greener Diamond. 
sustainable can be from a business perspective. It can be the social enterprise aspect of your philanthropic efforts, but it can also be in the resources that you are kind of preventing from coming out of the ground and allowing these people to farm. And then it can also be just the community aspect of reducing conflict in a sense. I don't know if that's the right word, reducing conflict, but um, avoiding it as much as you can and really contributing to a greater good in these communities from a lot of different angles. It's interesting to think about the word sustainability, meaning so many different things for you. Correct. And I do feel like that word's thrown around a little bit too much these days. Um, but for me, Adonna, it, it's, I mean, I will be the first to admit not all lab-grown diamond companies are created equal. When I first started Miadonna, there were three labs growing lab-grown diamonds, nobody retailing them yet. Um, even one lab went out of business as I was doing my research and development and said, you know what, this is never going to catch on. No one's ever going to want this. But I always had the vision that I knew lab-grown diamonds was simply just going to be the evolution of the diamond, and I kept pushing it. Um, but I want to say in the last two years, this industry has grown exponentially, and there's a lot of lab-grown diamond companies popping up. But like you said, to be a real sustainable business, a social enterprise, your ethics need to reach every part of your business, not just the product that you're selling. So yes, lab-grown diamonds definitely have an amazing eco and humanitarian benefit. Um, but with everything that we do in our business, we really try and, you know, have equal importance to the people, planet and profits. And I mean, it comes down to like, we're a web-based company. And so it, we do a lot of shipments. So every shipment we make, we plant a tree with uh, one tree planted you know we have a one day a quarter where our whole office shuts down and we go volunteer locally because we are a global community we try and push our ethics to every part of our company to really have um, an equal importance on the people planet and profits I think that is so beautiful. Even the idea of shutting down your offices once a quarter to volunteer locally because you are really bringing it back to your community. I think it's incredible to have such a global impact with the foundation and with your messaging and really the philosophy and the inspiration behind Miadana. But it's really great to think about how you are also really conscious of what you are doing in the office and just planting trees for every shipment and things like that. I think that's a really great initiative. And I always say that to people because, um, you know, there's the four C's with diamonds. And I always say that at Miadonna, we have a fifth C and that's community because we are really a community based business. Uh, the last project that we did locally is that we partnered with Tuft and Needle, which is a mat mattress um, company, and uh, we helped them donate over 300 mattress mattresses um, to uh, families in need and foster children here in Portland, Oregon. Um, so it's definitely a huge community aspect to our company. And Amika, what are the four C's of diamonds? Well, four C's is how we've typically graded diamonds in the past. Uh, cut, clarity, uh, carrot weight, um, oh, I'm missing one, and color, sorry. Um, and so that's how typical diamonds have been graded in the past. And that will determine the diamond's value and, you know, the quality of the diamond. Um, but with our lab-grown diamonds, as I was saying before, they're actually superior in quality to um, anything we'll ever get out of the earth is because there are actually two different types of diamonds. There's a type 1 diamond and a type 2 diamond. And in the past, we've never talked about a type 2 because they're so rare that the average consumer could never afford one. Um, a type 2 diamond is like the Hope Diamond or the Elizabeth Taylor 
Taylor diamond um, and Queen Elizabeth actually has a type two diamond. And the fact that they're so rare, um, only 2% of diamonds mined will be this type two, is that they have such a pure form of carbon that they're actually brighter and harder than a regular type one diamond that you'll find in your local jewelry store. Um, but at Mia Donna, we're creating all our lab-grown diamonds in a type two diamond. So they are absolutely more beautiful um, and come free of any environmental or humanitarian concerns. Um, you know, more beautiful than anything you'll ever get in a jewelry store. That's incredible. I didn't realize how rare the type two diamond was. Um, I am vaguely familiar with the terms, but I really had no idea just how rare it was to find in nature. And I think that's really impressive that you're able to offer that from a lab grown ethical practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our, we're pricing our lab grown diamonds up to about 40% less than earth mine diamonds. But that is comparing it to a type one diamond where we can't even compare the price to a type two diamond if we were really comparing apples to apples. I think that's beautiful. Anamika, can you tell everyone where we can get in touch and learn more about Mia Donna and the Greener Diamond Foundation? Yeah. So we're available at miadonna.com. We also have um, a retail store here in Portland, Oregon. Um, so please reach out to Miadonna and we are a full service office. Um, everyone that works at Miadonna is a true expert in lab growing diamonds. So please call with all your questions because I know it's a, it's a really, it's a new topic for a lot of people and people have a lot of questions and need a little bit more education. And we're really proud to offer that to the community. Um, but also the greenerdiamond.org. That's our charity foundation. And that's where you can see the issues that are plaguing the earth mine diamond industry currently and also what we're doing to um, to change that. Great. Anamika, thank you so much for taking the time today to educate us all. Just really inspiring story. And I appreciate so much you coming on and sharing it with us. Thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciate the time with uh, you helping me create awareness about this really important topic. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Anna Mika Anderson of Mia Donna and Company and the Greener Diamond Foundation. Like I said earlier, this was a conversation that like really opened my eyes to a lot of issues in the diamond industry and just how powerful science technology can really be in alleviating some of those pressures, not just on communities, but also on the natural resources and the environmental damages that we can typically associate with mining practices in general. So I'm really, really excited to be able to share this with you, and I would love to hear your thoughts. So before I go today, I just want to remind everyone we have that giveaway going on for the produce bags. So if you liked this episode of Eco Chic, or if you've enjoyed any episodes in the past, please go ahead, leave a rating and a review, and then to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is send me a screenshot either on Instagram at Eco Chic Podcast or via email hello at lauraediaz.com. The winner will be randomly selected, and this giveaway ends in two weeks. 